They're listening with prayer. Wonderful. Let's pray. Father, we don't come together to hear a, a nice speech or anything like that. We, we really need to encounter your truth and to be set free. And only you can set captives free by the power of your spirit. And so, God, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would take each word that is said, however it comes out, it doesn't really matter, and infuse it with your authority and your power to change minds and to change hearts. And in particular, Lord, I pray this morning, God, that you'd use these words to uh, just set us free in our minds, to free us from lies, strongholds that we have absorbed and that yet hold us in bondage. We surrender this over to you and ask that you'd have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I uh, appreciate Dwayne delivering that message last week. Uh, Dwayne Polk, a great friend of mine. I love this guy. Now, now Dwayne, this was his first weekend service preaching, so he, he's young and kind of shy and kind of beat around the bush a little bit. Uh, uh, but but yeah, I see a lot of promise in him. I think there's potential here, so we'll keep working on him. Actually, that, that was an in-your-face message, if ever there was one, and I very much appreciate it. Uh, so much so that I, I want to back into what I want to preach on by building on what he preached on. Uh, really, the gist of what he was getting at can be rephrased in this way. Uh, it's really the question, what are you going to grab onto? What are you going to grab onto? What are you going to grab onto for life? I want to sort of illustrate uh, the message that he gave last week with a video clip from one of my favorite movies. Uh, a little warning here. Uh, if, if there's a, a woman who screams and falls into some fog. And so if there's little children who uh, might get scared, uh, you know, know that ahead of time. I've learned to always be precautious about this. But uh, uh, this is a clip from Indiana Jones uh, when they're looking for the Holy Grail. Check it out.
love the scene just before this one where he, he gives us a great line about the guy who drank from the wrong chalice and turned into all sorts of dust. And he says, he chose poorly. <laughs> They're looking for the Holy Grail. There's something so magnetic about that Holy Grail. The, the legend has it that if you drink of this Holy Grail, you'll live forever and ever. And Indiana Jones and his father, as well as those Nazis, were out trying to get this Holy Grail. And uh, the point you can get from that scene that we watched is basically this. Uh, you can't let, grab hold of life if you're straining for the Holy Grail. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters, and this is basically what he's getting at. What are you going to grab hold on for life? What's going to be the master of your life? Where are you going to go to for the source of life? The Holy Grail represents for us uh, everything that this world promises to deliver life on. It's the Holy Grail of wealth, perhaps, or the Holy Grail of religious prestige, or the Holy Grail of your talents, or the Holy Grail of your beauty, or the Holy Grail of your success, or the Holy Grail of your possessions, or the Holy Grail of your self-lordship, or the Holy Grail of your rights, or the Holy Grail of your self-security, all the ways that you make yourself feel secure. There's a billion forms of the Holy Grail, but all of them have this in common. They promise life here and now. And what Dwayne's message in a nutshell was saying and what the gospel says with unequivocal clarity is this. Uh, you, you can't grab hold of the one who really is life as long as you're trying to find life and reaching after the Holy Grail. And so Jesus tells us that if you're going to follow him, you've got to lay everything else aside. Let go of the Holy Grail. Let go of that quest. Die to self, as we have said uh, in, in previous messages. Uh, pick up your cross and follow him. You have to be willing to put him above all else, all other considerations, even life itself. Let go of the Holy Grail, and then you can grab hold of, 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 of life. Jesus lays it out in unequivocal, all-or-nothing terms. Now, what happens is that we, especially in this culture, tend to want to make a, a, have a kind of a let's-make-a-deal Christianity. Where we, we want to like cut a bargain. You know, we're hanging on to one hand, but we also want to have the other hand on the Holy Grail. And so we, we, we think things like this, usually not consciously, but it's in our heart, where we say, Lord, I tell you what, I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept your salvation, but I want to keep my own lordship. Do we have a deal? Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you Sunday morning, but I want the rest of the week. Uh, do we have a deal? I'll, I'll give you Easter and Christmas at least, but the rest of my life is mine. Do we have a deal? I'll give you my voice and worship, but stay away from my wallet. Do we have a deal? I'll give you my attitudes towards my friends, because those are pretty good anyways, but I want to keep a few of my grudges towards my enemies. Do we have a deal? And what Jesus says is no deal. No deal! To follow him is to bring everything in our life, everything in our life, under his lordship. And the deal here is this. He dies for us, and he calls on us to be willing to die for him. Now, now maybe you ask the question, why is he so uncompromising? Why is he so mean? Why does he make it so tough? And really, it's no different than Indiana Jones' father simply saying to Indiana Jones, out of love, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. He, he, he draws the line so absolutely out of his love for us. Because what he knows and what we've got to be convinced of is that the Holy Grail is a fraud. Amen? 
The Holy Grail is one gigantic myth. It's a deception. It promises life, but it never delivers life. It promises joy, but it doesn't deliver joy. It promises fulfillment, but it just results in perpetual uh, frustration. And in the end, it falls into a bottomless pit. You take every bit of it with you to the grave, and nothing about it is eternal. He's saying, let it go, let it go. And the question that Duane posed to us last week, and that I reappose again this morning, is this. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back? I, I've, I've set my face like flint to the cross and, uh, and, and to pursue that. It's not a promise that we'll do it perfectly. Of course not, we don't. But it's a resolve of the heart. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means we seek to have one vision, one central purpose, one motive for our existence, and that's to further the kingdom of God, to bring everything in our life under the authority of Jesus Christ, to live in radical obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the most fundamental and the primary area that we need to bring under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and it's also the most difficult, because we're not used to thinking like this, but the primary area has to do, as we've been saying throughout this uh, series on discipleship, is the brain. It's our mind. We're to take every thought captive to Christ. And the reality is this. Everything that we experience ourselves as being, right here and right now, is filtered through the brain. In fact, it's found in the brain. The brain is that wonderful tool that God gave us to interface with the world. We're spirit beings, and he's given us this brain to uh, you know, negotiate with the world, to relate to one another. And our whole experience of reality is found in the brain, and the brain consists of these chemical processes, neurons firing. And everything that you think and everything that you feel and ultimately everything that you do is a result of what's in the brain. So if the brain isn't brought into obedience, into captivity, into subjection to Jesus Christ, you're going to have a very hard time bringing anything else in your life into captivity, into subjection, into obedience to Jesus Christ. This is why the Bible always locates the central point of transformation, not in our behavior, but in our mind. And so here's some passages that we've seen before are these. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, we are, we are. No, God doesn't do this for us ordinarily. It's our responsibility as spirit bringing beings to bring every thought captive to Jesus Christ. Every thought captive to Jesus Christ. It's our fundamental act of discipleship. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, Don't be any longer conformed to the pattern of this world, the scheme of this world, the matrix of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind against the pattern of this world. That's constantly trying to encroach on us against that. Swim upstream here. Renew your mind. It's an act of discipleship. Ephesians chapter 4, Put off the old self with all those lies, with all that baggage, with all that garbage. Put off the old self and put on the new self created in Christ Jesus. How? By renewing the mind. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, pleasing, commendable, let your mind dwell on those things. We need to be attentive to what our mind dwells on. And this is the foundation for all discipleship. Dallas Willard in his book, Renovation of the Heart comments on Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and he says, this is the foundation for all spiritual growth because if the mind isn't brought into subjection to Jesus Christ, nothing's going to be brought into subjection to Jesus Christ. Now, we need to know what we're up against. See, we're not used to paying attention to what our brain thinks. We're used to, this is part of our programming, we're used to letting it go just on autopilot without attending to it. But that's got to change if we're going to make significant growth in our life. 
we need to know what we're up against. In fact, knowing what we're up against helps us appreciate why this is so foundational. Here's how the brain operates. This is, this is review for some of us. There's stimuli that comes at us, stimuli, experiences on the outside and even stimuli on the inside, memories and whatnot. That stimuli produces a trigger. The trigger activates a network of neurons. That's a chemical reaction, and it happens automatically. There's a neurons that, that are activated, uh, and that produces images and pictures and words and impressions in our brain. Those images and impressions evoke feelings in us, and those feelings bring about a behavior. That's how the human system is wired to operate. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that if you're not controlling the neurons, then you're going to have trouble controlling anything else in that whole process. It operates automatically. If I say the word Nazi right now, Nazi, see, that's a, there's an external stimuli that comes into your, your ear. It activates uh, a, a neural net that you experience as an image or an impression. Some of you got a feeling right now. It happened automatically. You didn't have to think about it. It, 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 was, it was a chemical process. And if a behavior was called for, uh, it, would, it would come out of you. Some of you kind of really, you know, scrunched when I said that. If I say the word dad, boom, that's a trigger. For some of you, it evokes real pleasant feelings. For others, it evokes kind of negative feelings. Uh, but it's about, it's about representations that are in the head. If I go up here and if I go like this, you know, uh, th th that's a stimuli to you. And some of you are thinking bird. Some of you are thinking crazy, you know, but it all produces kind of uh, words and pictures in our head and uh, evokes certain feelings in our heart that would lead to certain kind of behavior. That's how the brain always operates. Stimuli, triggers, uh, neural nets, which are images and, and, and impressions that lead to feelings, that lead to behavior. Now here's what we're up against. We don't cho choose most of the stimuli in our life. You're not choosing how I'm stimulating you right now. <laughs> Am I stimulating you? Uh, you're not choosing that. I'm choosing it, and you're receiving it. We don't choose most of the stimuli in our life. We don't choose most of the triggers in our, in our, in our brain. We don't choose most of the neural nets in our brain. So we don't choose most of the images and feelings that get instantaneously evoked in our brain. So we don't choose most of the behaviors that come from that. You see, it, 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 to a great degree, this brain has been chosen for us. To a large degree, we've been programmed. We, we respond in automatic ways that we don't choose. It's no different than if someone were to put a microchip in your brain when you were three years old that said, whenever anyone says this word or looks in this fashion or does this, you will respond in this way, a microchip. You see, how, how would you feel about that if you learned that there's a microchip that whenever any man frowned at you, you were going to all of a sudden feel like a little puppy? You'd feel depersonalized, wouldn't you? It's like, well, wait a minute, that's not fair. I don't want to be a, someone's microchip. But every neural net is just such a, a, a um, um, microchip. And insofar as we don't choose the microchips, we don't choose who we are, what are I, how we experience the world right here and right now. And so far as we don't choose the microchips, and so far as we're programmed by the past and extensions of the past, we are slaves to the past. And to that degree, we're robots. To that degree, we're programmed. To that degree, we're extensions of other people's opinions. Uh, we're extensions of our environment. And we do not walk in the fullness of the life that Christ has for us. That is not just about programming in the past. It's programming in the present as well. The pattern of this world continually tries to indoctrinate us, to implant microchips in our brain to keep, to dictate how we're going to respond to various stimuli. Uh, Fritz put together this, this is sort of video weekend, I guess. Fritz put together this video for me. Check it out.
are you eating today? Because so much is riding on your tires. Now this is big. It's everywhere you want to be. Life should be so real. It's time to find yours. Share it when it happens. Because we see everything. Always. Get lost in a Reese's. Helps build strong bodies. See it? Believe it. Like most families, we wanted an SUV, but ours had to be especially rugged because my husband was brought up by wolves. But he's really not that different than any other guy. Summer wind. Snacks in the fourth, $25. From across the sea. A soda at the end of the seventh, $3. It lingered there. Friday night, no TV, Touch DVDs, or video games. And walk with Priceless. Oh, oh, yeah. Ah, the simple pleasure. Next. Unbelievable. These are our laboratories. Are our subjects. Ah! What did you do? <laughs> I, I, I didn't. <gasps> There's a new vanilla in town. Life gives you tension headaches, and this stuff takes them away. Thank you, Fritz. That was just uh, two evenings of ordinary uh, commercials that Fritz put together. Ask yourself the question, why would advertisers spend billions and billions and billions of dollars in an incredible amount of money to put those images on a screen for 30 seconds. Uh, and why do they repeat, why is there so much repetition in them? Um, the average person watches 30,000 commercials a year, average American. Uh, and many of these commercials we have seen hundreds if not thousands of times. If the, if, if the point was about giving information, one, one or two times would do it, wouldn't it? Here's our product, and it's made of these chemicals, and it will taste rather good, and so you should buy it. Uh, we have a car that's out here, a Subaru, and would you, you know, consider buying this next time you go shopping? They don't do that, because see, it's not about information. These advertisers are specialists. And by the way, I'm not against these commercials. I think they're funny, wonderful. I'm an all-American capitalist, you know, hallelujah. So I'm not against this, all right? I'm just trying to show how the brain works. It's so important that we know how the brain works. Um, they give images. It's not about information. People rarely make uh, uh, decisions based uh, primarily on information. 
The brain operates not with information, but with images, with impressions, with feelings that lead to behavior. And what all of these uh, uh, advertisements are trying to do, they know how the brain operates, is they're trying to install a trigger that will activate a neural net under the right stimuli and evoke an image that you will remember at a subconscious level, one three thousandths of a second, that will produce a feeling which is a longing for the product and buy their product. They're trying to plant a microchip in our brain to uh, influence our behavior. And that's fine, that's innocent enough. But that's how the brain operates. It's, it's through impressions. It's through, uh, it's through images that evoke feelings. I, I shouldn't go here, but I have to. Uh, how else did Arnold Schwarzenegger get elected governor of California? Uh, thinking, wait, wait, wait. I, I like Arnold. Arnold. But, but see, here's the thing. People, what they want is a strong leader. They want a terminator. They want someone who's going to come and, and get things done. There wasn't a lot of information about his plan to bring jobs back to California and recover the economy and all those other kind of things. He didn't really lay out much of a plan. But, but, but it didn't matter because people associate the stimuli that is Arnold with this image of the terminator and who, a guy who can get things done. Why, he can save the universe. And, and, and so there's this, and through the repetition and the strong, you know, backing of that, uh, people associate him with getting a job done and what they want more than anything else is to get a job done and, and so he wins the election. Now I'm not saying it was all just images and maybe it was a little bit of information but we respond to the images in our brain. That's how the brain works. It's through advertisements. It's largely prop, uh, propaganda. And what you need to know here is this. All of our thinking is of this sort. All of your memories are, if you will, a sort of advertisement. Every truth you've ever absorbed, every impression you've ever gotten, in its own way, it gets lodged as a concrete image that evokes feelings that elicits a behavior. And uh, under the right stimuli, it's activated, just like with the advertisements. All, our, our, our brain is full of propaganda, things that were said to us, things that were done to us, things we've absorbed from the culture, things that we believe, impressions that we have, and under the right stimuli, boom, it gets activated, and we find ourselves feeling a certain way and acting a certain way. And it may be ways that are in absolute contradiction to the information we have in our head. If you're looking for an explanation as to how it is that you can have a, a, a Christian who is solidly sold out for God, really wants to live for God, and has all the right information in their head, how is it that they can nevertheless find themselves constantly falling into the same ruts? This is the explanation. Because while, while their spirit is genuinely regenerate and their heart is towards God, their brain is full of propaganda, full of pollution full of, of, of microchips that get activated under the right situations. And so they find themselves raging once again and addicted once again and falling into this or that or the other sin once again. What you also got to know is this, and th th this will sound conspiratorial, but it's true. There is a cosmic force behind the whole thing. And his name is Satan. He's called the God of this age in 2 Corinthians 4. He's called the principality and power of the air. He's, uh, it says in 1 John 5.19, he controls the entire world. How does he do that? By manipulating physical things? No. I, I believe it's by whoever controls the neurons controls. Whoever controls the neurons wins. And by utilizing the, the fallen world coming at us as stimuli, he largely controls us. And I, I am getting really ticked off at it. <laughs> In fact, I think if you have any hope of, of uh, reversing this, you've got to get ticked off. 
to the extent that we don't take our thoughts captive, we are held captive by somebody else. You just got to know that. To the extent that we don't take our thoughts captive, we really are uh, just sort of, uh, we live in a world of propaganda. We are manipulated by the matrix. We're a program within the matrix. To the extent that we don't take our thoughts captive, we are reduced down to the level of the animal kingdom. We just operate with stimuli and responses in total predictable ways according to how we've been programmed, according to the microchips that have been put in our head at the age of three and are still being put in our head today. We, uh, to the extent that we don't take our thoughts captive, we end up being just like cattle being herded around and, and the microchip says, go this way so we get angry. Says, go this way so we lust. Say, go this way so we eat chocolate. Say, well, you go this way so we you know, are apathetic. And, and we're, we're, we're just being jerked around. We're being manipulated. We're being deceived. And behind the whole thing is this godless agent that's really starting to tick me off. You got to realize that the thing that keeps us in bondage is the same thing that gets us to buy a Subaru or whatever it is that, that you end up buying. It, it's the images in our head. It's the lies that we have internalized that we don't even really know are there and we're conditioned not to pay any attention to those. We're often taught in religion to go after the behavior. But going after the behavior, you can make a trillion resolutions, but if you don't change the, the, the mindset that led to that behavior, uh, you know, it's not likely that you're ever going to really change the behavior. The thing that keeps you always going into lust, even though you've got the information that you shouldn't have it and you've got the heart that you don't want to be there, the thing that does it is the same thing that operates on the commercials. It's the pollution in your head. The, the thing that keeps you lacking confidence, though the Bible says you can be full of confidence. And the, the thing that keeps you being depressed, though the Bible says you can be full of joy. And the thing that keeps you defeated, though the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. And the thing that keeps you addicted to gambling, though the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ uh, who, who strengthens you. The, the gulf between who you experience yourself as being and what the Bible says you can be, that gulf is there because of the lies in our head, the, the advertisements, the propaganda that we have internalized. We have had our thoughts taken captive rather than taking our own thoughts captive, and we've got to begin to get ticked off at this. The truth is this not the truth in the Word of God. We are, we are children of God. We are redeemed. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are filled with the power of God. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with his joy. We're filled with his peace. We're filled with his wisdom. Uh, we're, we're anointed by God. We, we have inherited an eternal kingdom. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The peace and the love and the joy and the power of Yahweh himself resides within us. And it's like a wellspring of living water. It's an infinite reservoir of life that wants to come gushing out of us. It wants to be released in our life. He wants us to manifest God's life inside of us. But it's like an old faithful that wants to gush her forth. Jesus said in John 7 that he who believes in me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But see, we've got to understand this. There's a giant cork on the whole thing. And that cork is the propaganda, the manipulation, the matrix, microchips that have been put in our brain that keep us believing and experiencing a lie rather than the truth. And I say, it's time we get it out of there. We've got to declare war on the lies. Declare war on the lies. War on the propaganda in our brain. War on those advertisements that get, that, that, that get instantaneously activated in our brain. It's time to take back what the enemy stole, and what he stole is your brain. Get it back. You have got the authority in Christ to take every thought captive to Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. There needs to be a holy anger about this. Uh, you know, I don't want to be anyone's slave. 
I don't want to be, I don't want to just be some bundle of protoplasm that responds to stimuli in predictable ways. I don't want someone, I don't want to be a slave to someone's microchip that he put inside of me. I don't want to, I don't want to be a, a, a cattle, you know, that's herded around by the matrix of this world. I don't want to be held captive to things that happened in the past and things that I'm programmed to believe in the present. I don't want to be held captive to what dad said or what mom did or what grandma said or the boyfriend that raped me or the girlfriend that, that, that abandoned me or the kid who teased me on the block or the lies that I'm bombarded with in the, in the culture all around me. I don't want to be held captive to any of those things. I want to be held captive to Jesus Christ, which means I want to be free. I want to be free. You're a child of God. You're a child of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and there's no reason why you should go on as the footnote to someone else's opinion and be the product of some propaganda that infiltrates your brain. To get free, you've got to take the red pill. There's no magic wand on this, though. It means you, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, one who says, I want to live for God, I want to be a kingdom person, not a world person, I now am going to take every thought captive to Jesus Christ. And that is a 24-7 job. 24-7, because that's how often the brain is thinking. Let me, uh, let me end by laying out four practical tips here that can help us take thoughts captive. Some of this is review, some of it is new. Number one, as I've said uh, in the past, we've got to, got to, got to become detectives of our own brain. This is about taking thoughts captive. Look, it, take it for granted. No, your brain is full, pretend like your brain is full of microchips that were implanted there by a lot of other people than yourself, and a lot of those microchips are lies. Because that's virtually what's happened. Every neuron is like a microchip. Your job is to deprogram yourself and get yourself free. To do that, you've got to become attentive. As a spirit being, become attentive to what's going on in your brain. Now, this is a hard topic to talk about because we're, we're so used to not being attentive uh, in our brain, but to look at our thoughts, to examine the lies in our head. That's how they control us. And so all of this is a matter of saying, wake up to the lies in your head. Take any particular attitude or behavior that you have that, that you know shouldn't be there, that you don't want to be there. And now don't get angry at the behavior, but look at what you're doing in your head that leads to that behavior. Start sniffing out the lies. De you've got to become a de deceptive microchip detector. You've got, you've got to become the, the, the lying microchip uh, scanner. And scan your brain for lies. Look for the images that, that pop up in your head on the way to an attitude or behavior and the thoughts and the feelings that are there. And take the lies and put them aside and install truth. What do you look like as a kingdom person? Uh, run movies of this on how you would respond to the situation if in fact you really believe that you are full of the love and the joy and the peace and the power of Jesus Christ that's flowing in you right here and right now. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. What do you look like if, in fact, you're manifesting that? And install that. Get a new Jesus microchip in your brain. Number two, think truth continually and concretely. And this is the 24-7 job. Uh, Paul says whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, dwell on those things. Savor those things. Let your mind gravitate towards those things. Uh, as you become a detective of your brain, notice how much garbage is there, is advertised? How much 
how much uh, world propaganda is there in your brain, and you just chew on it over and over again. The mind is always being renewed. It's, that's just a mental, it's always renewing itself, reinforcing its beliefs. The question is, is, is it doing it in Jesus' direction, or is it doing it in the advertiser's direction, or the direction of the past? Are you your own person, or are you, in fact, defined by the past? We need to train ourselves, and this is so hard because we're not used to it. But when you leave here this, this, this morning and are driving home, what's your mind on? When you go to the restaurant, what's your mind on? When you're going to the bathroom, what's your mind on? Uh, when you're going shopping, what's your mind on? When you're mowing the lawn, what's your mind on? Uh, to, to, the mind is always dwelling on something, and the Bible says you take authority to make it dwell on the things of God. And I encourage you to dwell on the things of God concretely, because that's how the mind works. Saying information is good, but the information doesn't transform us. What impacts us are the concrete things that we see, the concrete things that we believe, the images and the words. So picture yourself as you are in Christ over and over and over again throughout the day. And, and get a picture of Jesus Christ and hear him say the words to you that are true. Get that identity in Christ uh, pamphlet we have out there on the table that tells us who we are in Christ. And run movies of those. Don't just say them to yourself. Run movies of those with a soundtrack, with words and all of that. And, and, and do it throughout the day. Condition your brain to dwell concretely and continually on the things of God. And now you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. If, 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 our, if, 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 if our mind is vacated 99% of the time, and, and for most people it is, and by that I mean you're not choosing what you think, rather the world has chosen it for you. If 99% of your brain has been chosen for you, you're going to have a hard time choosing different attitudes and behaviors uh, uh, in, in the midst of all that, because your attitudes and behaviors are the result of that thought process. This is why this is the central thing to shoot after. Number three, real practical here. Uh, this is pretty common sense. Distance yourself from damaging triggers insofar as possible. Now, it's not possible and even advisable to distance yourself from all triggers. Uh, there are Christians who have tried to do the isolation thing, where you sort of retreat from the world and go out to the desert because you don't want any pollution to get into your brain. You don't do the world any good, and you really don't do yourself any good. Uh, that's, God calls us to be immersed in this world. So it's not a matter of, of, of isolating ourselves from the world. But it is a matter of knowing yourself. Know yourself. Are there strongholds in your life where, where under the right stimuli, a trigger's activated, a neural net's activated, you see an image, you hear a word, and, and it, it brings about a feeling that leads to an ungodly behavior? And if that is there, don't reinforce it by submitting yourself to that stimuli. Uh, separate yourself from it. For example, uh, if you struggle with internet porn, get rid of the internet. It's not worth it. Just dump the thing. Or there's certain scanners or screeners that you can, you can get on it. Uh, you know, it put, put, I'm not sure how effective they are, but it helps. But distance yourself from that. Some people, they've got to distance themselves from certain kind of movies because it just does something funky to the brain. You know, some people going to any movie with any sexual content just screws them up. They got, man, stuff gets activated, and, and then they got to wrestle with it the rest of the week or the month or whatever. Uh, it's not worth it. Just don't go. Maybe in five years it'll be different, but right now, know your weaknesses. I know one person who can't go to any movie that's got any kind of fear in it because it just activates stuff in their life and, and, and sets them in sort of a mental paralysis. Just dump it. Be, be, be aware. You know, the old principle, garbage in, garbage out, it's really true. 
You know, and, and, and if we're just receiving garbage and, and uh, are not filtering that, well, there's going to be garbage that, is, that, that comes out. You know, pay attention to what you watch on TV. Uh, in fact, in general, let me say this. Less TV is probably a good thing, all right? I'm not going to get legalistic about this. I'm the last person in the world to come up with a rule that applies to all people at all times. But the average American watches three and a half hours of television a day. The average uh, household has the television on seven hours a day. Uh, man, cut that in half and use the rest in prayer and, and you'll be a better person for it, okay? Uh, I, 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 not a legalistic rule, but just be attentive to the stimuli that's coming at you. And when you've got a vulnerable area, you distance yourself. Number three, make the Bible your, or, or surround yourself with godly music. Uh, or, no, 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 excuse me. Uh, uh, that's coming later on. Uh, number four, surround yourself with godly advertisements. Advertisements make an impression on us. That's why they spend billions of dollars on it. Well, we've got to produce our own advertisements. Surround, it, the brain works this way. It, you can't help it. It will, to some degree, be a product of its environment. Make your environment a thing that reinforces the kind of person you want to be in Jesus Christ. It's really good to, uh, in fact, it says this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, keep these words, the Lord says, keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk with them when you are at home and when you are away. Okay, get the atmosphere of your home to be a godly one. Let, let the things of God be on your lips. Talk it to your kids. Talk it to your spouse. You know, just create that kind of environment because to a large degree, we're products of our environment. When you lie down and when you rise up, man, let this just be part of your day. Saturate yourself with the things of God. Bind them, the word of God. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. And write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. He's just saying, surround yourself with the things of God. Just saturate your life with the things of God. A couple of even more specific suggestions. Uh, you know, it, it helps to have uh, pictures and sayings in your house and in your car and in your workplace uh, that are just constant reminders of what is true. Because you're getting constantly reminded about what is a lie, aren't you? Only you're not being told it's a lie. It's coming at you as truth. We've got to counteract that. And, and so it really helps to have things in your environment that, that reinforce the truth of who you are in Christ. I remember in our last house, we don't know where we're going to put the painting in our new house, but in our last house, right as I was going down the stairs, there's this wonderful picture of Jesus holding this little lamb, my favorite painting in the whole world. And, and that was just a constant reminder to me of, of how the Lord cares for me. And most of the time, I wouldn't even notice it. But we don't usually notice the message of these commercials either. It goes into the subconscious. The mind picks it up. Surround yourself with stuff that just, look it. One way or another, you're going to be brainwashed. You know, the brain, the brain was meant to be washed. The question is, who's going to wash it? Okay, put, put, stuff in your, put stuff in your environment that's going to wash your brain in the way that you choose rather than leaving that up to the past or leaving it up to the culture around you. Wash your brain. And every saying and every picture, all of that is a way of washing it, constantly reminding yourself of, of, of what is true. Number two, uh, surround yourself with godly music. Now, again, I'm not, this isn't a rule. You shouldn't listen to secular music. I, I, that's, I, I like Tower of Power, and I like, you know, uh, average white band. And, you know, I, I like, you know, there's a place for, for good funky music, even better funky Christian music, which reminds me that we do need a contemporary Christian radio station around here, though KTIS is getting a whole lot better. Those of you who are kind of new in the church, that used to be a real hobby horse of mine. But, uh, uh, you know, just surround yourself with godly music. It's really good. You, you know this, don't you? As, you? as you're in the car and you're putting on a praise tape, it can do something to you. It just changes who you are. Music's a powerful, powerful uh, influencer, influencer in our life. Plato said, Plato said you can raise up an army just by playing military music to kids the first seven years of their life. 
You know, it just does something to our, our soul. Well, surround yourself with godly music. We have godly lyrics going through our head. Uh, it, it doesn't only have to be that, but just know that that's one of the, the stimuli that, that, that ought to be there. Number three, make the Bible a friend. Make the Bible a friend. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you enter the Bible, you, you are, are activating faith neurons. When you enter the Bible, you're entering into a world that's free from the propaganda of this age, the manipulation of this age, the matrix microchips of this age, and you're entering the more God's world. And I encourage you to make the Bible a friend, a practice of reading the Bible on a regular basis. Uh, we're getting fed with all sorts of garbage all the time, and if it's only garbage in, it'll be only garbage out in terms of attitude and behavior. Get truth in. Start eating of the bread of life, okay? The manna that comes from heaven. Make the Bible your friend. And the final point, and I close with this, is surround yourself with godly friends. Surround yourself with godly friends. Now, you need to, all, you need to also have ungodly friends. Uh, you know, and the difference between those two is sometimes not so much in appearance, but in terms of what they believe. Uh, but, but to have, we, we need to have people in our life who remind us about who God is, remind us about what is true. Can, when we're starting to go off on a weird track, they're there to keep us on track. That's what that whole covenant group thing is all about. That's part of our environment. Surround yourself, have people in your life, uh, in a covenant group or elsewhere, who know you, who care about you, who love you, who model Christ-like love to you, who speak truth into your life, you speak truth into their life, and surround yourself with that. Would you close your eyes to pray? Uh, two questions here, very quickly. Number one, are there areas of your life where you need to be set free in the, in the mind? And I'll tell you ahead of time, before you even answer that, there are. I'm going to pray that the Lord will help us d discover those areas and start taking them captive to Christ. Number two, if you're here this morning and you've never, you've never gotten free, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you as we're dismissed to come up and to my right, there's a person who would love to talk to you about what it means to just to begin a walk with God, to get free. You don't need to be uh, just the product of propaganda. God wants you free. He wants you saved. He wants to live eternally with you. And I encourage you at the end of the service to come up here to my right and, uh, and speak to this person who will be glad to explain to you what that means. And after we're closed, the prayer team will be up here. And if you have any need you want to have prayed for, I encourage you to come up here and spend some time in prayer. But Father, right now I pray in Jesus' name that you would put in us a holy anger at propaganda of the past, uh, of people, of events, of things, the false advertisements in our head that evoke feelings that lead to behavior that are not in line with you. And I pray, Lord God, that as we go out of here, you would help us, remind us to be attentive to what we ought to be attentive about. Uh, God, to dwell on the things of God, Lord. Lord, make the things of God concrete, vivid, powerful in our life and help us to dwell on them. From the rising uh, of the sun to the going down of the sun. Lord, help us to dwell on you. Father, you've told us to set our minds on, on things above, not on things of this earth. Transform our minds, Lord, that we may be fully devoted disciples of yours, whose mind and therefore whose body is brought into alignment with your word. Thank you, God, for loving us despite our imperfections and for working in our life to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said one more time. Amen. The altar is open if you want to come forward for prayer. If you want to find out how to become a disciple of Christ, over to my right. God bless you guys. Take thoughts captive.